Entrepreneurs can get stuck in their head, challenged by their thoughts, the voice in their head, and their beliefs. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. You deserve it. It is possible. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson. Available on Amazon, or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com slash shift. Andrea Adams Miller, CEO of the Red Carpet Connection and Executive Director of the Keep Smiling Movement, is the machine behind your business that moves dreams into action, resulting in a reality never dreamt possible. With a whirlwind of energy, a passion for success, and a deep desire for long-lasting professional relationships, she makes the right connections, devises the best solutions, and implements the smartest marketing tactics to increase your authority, credibility, and income in more ways than one. Andrea shares the power of connection and her role in building relationships to help professionals and businesses expand their reach. She helps bring dreams to reality by making sure the world knows you exist through press releases, stages, social media, and obtaining sponsorships. Dr. Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, be on the show, and I'm just looking forward to learning so much from you. Well, thank you. I'm excited to be here. This is a lot of fun to be on with you. <laughs> Perfect. So typically, we start each interview with just an explanation for how you made the jump into entrepreneurship and 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 what you're doing. Well, uh, so became an entrepreneur as uh, a kid. Uh, I started out with uh, being really excited about Girl Scouts. We did a lot of fundraising, and I knew that you know that was a way that I could make money for us to have a special troop called Scouts with Interest in Traveling to Zurich. And so we raised money so we could go to Switzerland. We actually went uh, over the course of a couple of years, we raised money and we were in Switzerland for over 20 days. However, now that I think about it, though, my first experience with um, contributing to a business and owning a business was in fifth and sixth grade. We had a school Oh, uh, a thing called Ben's Box. And Ben's Box is where we sold like sweatshirts and t-shirts and pencils and pens and notepads. And in order to open up that business, our teachers asked us to find investors. And we were having a difficult time with it. And then I remembered, well, I had money in the bank and the, I was in the squirrels club in the bank where you would go to the bank and you'd get like a squirrel balloon or a squirrel pencil. In fact, I still have my original squirrel pencil somewhere. Um, wow. in, in, the desks and uh, in and saving and I saved all my money. I was very, uh, very specific about saving money all the time. And so when it came to that fifth grade and us needing investors, I said we needed. It was either four hundred dollars at six percent or six hundred dollars at four percent. I, I don't remember which one it was, but I had that in the bank, and I said, well, I I can invest in in it. I could do that because it was more than what was in my savings account, what I was going to make. And they said to ask my parents. Of course, I did. And they were fine with it. So I invested into our Ben's box. And so because 
because I was our investor, I got to make special decisions about what we sold and what we did. And so that was really my first experience with being someone who not only backed a business, but helped run it with a group of people. <laughs> wow, that's fantastic. An, yeah. an angel in, in, investor at, uh, at 12. Yeah, so <laughs> that was quite exciting for me. And I really enjoyed that. I learned a lot by having that having that at ben, Benjamin Franklin School. So it was a really great and valuable learning experience. Well, obviously, the opportunity to experience a trip to, to Switzerland is also a pretty powerful memory and it plants pretty powerful seeds for accomplishing dreams in the future. Oh, very much so. Uh, I was the like president of our side trip. So we had a regular Girl Scout troop and then we had the scouts with interest in traveling to Zurich, the Switz 85 troop. And I was considered the leader of that or the president of that subset. And so as the leader, I had to do presentations in the United States in order to get funding and to get special uh, privileges for us to be able to do things with sister companies in England and, and the other country. We went to seven different countries. And then when we went over that, at June, I was the one who had to present at these different corporations and these different organizations as a 16-year-old. I was 16 when we arrived, so I was an, I became an international speaker at 16. <laughs> nice. That's fantastic. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about being a, a publicist and how you got into, into this arena and why you love it so much. Well, I never realized it at the time. And in fact, it wasn't until later in my life that I wrote my chapter for the Keep Smiling movement, which we'll get back to that in a moment. Um, I wrote a chapter uh, for that book about like, who are you from birth till now? You know, what, what, how did your life come about? And in that, I realized my parents inadvertently, they didn't necessarily do this on purpose. It just became this way. My mom and dad were avid runners. So they ran all these races these 10Ks all over the place. So we were driving to different places on a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, sometimes during the week. Sometimes my mom would run three or four races in one weekend. It was a very busy schedule. And so I'm an only child, so I helped with things. So I helped map out our route. I helped give the directions. Once we got there, I sco helped scope out parking. I would go get my mom and dad's packets and stand in line and find out the race route and have it memorized and share that information with them. And while they were running, I knew their mile markers. I knew to time them, you know, like, oh, you ran this path at this mile. And I knew to go and meet them somewhere in the path. I would pick up their clothes and sweatshirts from when they disrobed at the starting line and at the finish line was there with their times and water and a snack and knew about, um, I had spent my time while they were running, I was by myself and I would talk to the adults around there and the other wives and children who were, you know, standing around and ask, when's the next race? Where's a good place to eat? And so here I was constantly gathering information prepared to go to the next race. Well, little did I realize that really that's what a publicist does. What do we do? We take care of our clients, we find out what they need, we find out all the information, we make sure that they're accessible and available to other places where information could be shared about them or for them. We, you know, help with their travel 
well, I do. I don't know what other publicists do, but I'm a very hands-on publicist. So I do everything. I've even been known to pack for my uh, clients and book all their flights and even drive them back and forth uh, to get them out in the world so that they're seen and heard and that their messages and products are seen and heard. And so who would have known that my mom and dad running all those years and dragging me from race to race would uh, create a career for me later in my life where I became a publicist and really take a lot of enjoyment in helping my clients show up in the world. <laughs> mm, that's so good. Well, one of your, one of your titles you list is a uh, dream maker. And I, one of the titles that I've wrestled with and, and want to throw out there on a business card is a, a dream recovery specialist. And so I, I identify with the idea of helping people pull their dream out from, you know, out from the, the hole they bury it in. <laughs> inside them and and bring it to reality and so let's talk a little bit about what why do you want to be a dream maker what how do you help people find their dream well dream maker came from my clients i had a client who one day she just said you know andrea you know look at everything that you've done you know you know all these people you have this background in law enforcement you've traveled the world you're such a connector you know everyone uh, my clients are the ones who named me the red carpet connection because i own i own multiple businesses and they knew me as a relationship consultant and 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 as a relationship consultant i got myself on 2020 and cnn and e news and was on over 2,500 radio shows in the early 90s. So as people started asking me to help them, that's where all the other publicity started coming from. And then, you know, here people are knocking on my door. Hey, can you help me with my stuff? And what they realized is, and I, I didn't even realize I was doing it, but when they would tell me what their dreams and desires were, well, how could I not help them come true? I mean, if this is what you're looking for, then this is what I can create for you. And I take a lot of pride in that. Like, if you tell me that this is something that you want, then I can create that. I can make that happen by being in the right in the place at the right time or knowing the right people and going through my Rolodex and connecting. It's a lot of fun. And so uh, it, and sometimes it just seems like magic, but it's not magic. I really do invest a lot of time and energy in the relationships that I've made all over the world that allow me to help have resources to make those dreams come true. <laughs> mm, love that. So let's talk about the value of connection and and how important connection is for, for entrepreneurs. Well, it is, you know, um, well, you know, even how we got together ended up being funny. We were trying to figure out how do we know each other? And we were connected through social media. And then uh, here we have someone in common where your publisher and one of my clients is one in the same. And I didn't know you were his client and he didn't know I was on your radio show until this morning. So talk about a funny connection. The world the more you are connected, the smaller your world becomes. For example, this last Saturday, I was at Lee Steinberg's invite-only Super Bowl party. So you have to get an invitation to go. Uh, otherwise, you don't get to go. And so I accepted the invitation. I went. And while I was there, I ran into all these people that I knew. That, now, some of them I knew would be there. And other ones, I was surprised. I'm like, oh, what are you doing? Hey, hi. And we realized that in the of all the 2000 people that had said that they were going to be there I probably knew 40 to 45 
95% of the people at the event, or at least the ones I saw, you know, it, it, I, I just one person after the other. And we kept laughing about that. I had a photographer with me and he was like, Andrea, you know, everybody here. And I said, you know, I, I do. <laughs> well, I mean, it seems, I mean, I didn't, but it seemed like it. <clears throat> and that's because I have I spend a lot of invest a lot of time, money and energy in making connections and really loving on people and getting to know who they are at a heart and soul level. And so that really adds value to them and it adds value to me. And it's from those connections that we're able to meet and find out how to work together. Each time we meet, there's a new way to look at how can we work together? So, Robert, you and I, this is this is our first date. You know, I always compare everything in business to relationships. And, you know, um, as we get to know each other, each time we meet, we get to explore a different level of who we are and how we might be able to help each other and the people around us to have a better life. Mm. Well, I love that that heart and that that desire for not just, you know, making connections for the for the sake of connection, but making connection for the sake of of serving and, and adding value. And of course, adding value to people is, is my, my mantra, my, my purpose for existing on this planet is to, to make oh, the yeah. people that I come into contact with better for having met me and better for having come into contact with me. And so, <laughs> so I definitely identify with that and, and, and love that about you. So obviously you. you've had a great deal of confidence. What's, what's helped you develop that, that confidence in, in speaking and in building relationships and, and just putting yourself out there. Well, you know, it's funny. Uh, people always say that I have confidence and, and yet I like other people have, you know, fears and worries about things. Um, however, I've spent a lot of time, energy and money and figuring out NLP, neuro linguistic programming, hypnosis and meditation and a whole bunch of other different modalities in order to let go anything that holds me back and mm. anything that has a story attached to it that creates fear or a lack of thinking that I'm enough. I, um, I did, did grow up in, in a home that was dysfunctional. And so I often was told that I didn't have anything important to say and was told to shut up and be quiet. And I have a voice and a lot to say. And so that became really important to me to make sure that other people have a platform where they can be seen and heard and, and that people are excited about what they have to say and they hear them and they want to hear them. They want to know what they're all about. That's what's important to me because it was, it, I didn't, it wasn't ever taken away from me. I didn't start with it. I never mm. had it to begin with. And it was only through my experiences of volunteering and being around other people and other mentors and people who appreciated me for what I had to say that I had the confidence to go ahead and do that. And I also pushed myself to do things. I love theater. And so being on the stage is something that's quite fun and exciting. And I had fears. I used to panic and be scared to death that I was not going to remember my lines. And I finally got to a point where I practice my lines and practice my lines. I actually reread my lines every night before I go on, regardless, even though I know the show inside and out. And I go out there knowing that it's going to be okay and that I'll figure it out. And if even if I are, were to flub or mispronounce something or forget a line, we'll figure it out and we'll get through it. 
and that the audience wants us to do better and my co-actors want me to do better. So I take that stage idea and apply that to my whole life. Really anybody I'm with, if I do make a mistake, they don't want me to make a mistake. They want the best for me, just like they want the best for themselves. And so knowing that has really allowed me to be in a better space. Oh, absolutely. You mentioned a couple really important things in there. You mentioned um, practicing you know, NLP and hypnosis yeah. and, and meditation. What what other routines have helped you in, in that personal development space or or in your in growing your business? Well, um, so I do uh, I do practice neuro linguistic programming all the time. It's hypnotic language. So it's using language in such a way that helps lift and elevate. Uh, for example, if 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 something negative were to happen instead of saying oh my gosh that's horrible or terrible i say wow well that's interesting what a unique opportunity we have to figure that out how fun for us to solve this puzzle if you solve a puzzle it's awesome if you're handling a calamity it has a different physiology a neurology of what's happening so that um, staying in positive language language really helps me and um, I can I listen to um, uh, binaural frequencies and other frequencies every day I um, utilize uh, different nanotechnologies. Like I have a nanotechnology on, you can see one right here behind my ear. It's a patch. Um, in fact, if you go to uh, lifewave.com forward slash keep smiling, I keep mentioning keep smiling. So we'll get how, why that's so important to me. Um, part of the proceeds I get from if anybody also uses this nan nanotechnology goes towards the keep smiling movement, but that it's uh, manufactured crystals that uh, open and uh, dormant stem cells and so allow you for different health and growth and uh, you know neuroplasticity and within your whole body and so th there's multiple things that I'm doing on a regular basis and those are the things I utilize with my clients to help them be their best self as well mm, so good the other thing you mentioned um, that's that's really important was was mentors and in the power of power of mentorship so Definitely want you to share how, how mentors have helped you, but then also how how would you recommend your clients or um, entrepreneurs find identify and find a mentor that that, that can help them? Yeah. So <clears throat> I've always believed in mentorship because I, I knew that I didn't I, I, like, well, there were things that my mom and dad did wonderfully for me, uh, their artistic skills and um, my dad's ability to win a softball game and to bring a whole team together from nothing to to winning in one season, you know, amazing. You know, so there are some genetics there and some parental mentorship. However, I also needed that. I said it was dysfunctional. So I needed mentors who knew how to handle challenges and problems. And so even now into my adult life, I'm constantly seeking people to help me grow and learn. And the person 
I met that said it the best. I had the pleasure of sharing the stage with Sir Anthony Hopkins. So, you know, I, I've spoke all over wow. the world and on multiple stages. And when you share the stage with someone like him, you know, he talked about how it was really important to him that no matter what movie he does or how many awards he's received, he always has multiple mentors and coaches to help him in what he's doing to hone his craft. And I had that connection with him when we talked backstage. I told him how much I loved hearing that because I, you know, just mentioned I have done theater in the past, but I apply that to my whole life. Um, like right now, I have a mentor um, that I have engaged in his elite mastermind. And so it's learning different ways to go from um, hello to yes to help people who are sometimes afraid to say yes because they're afraid of success in their own path. And that can happen for a lot of us. We don't realize that we're afraid of success, but sometimes we are because with success comes change. And that can be scary for us, you know, when it, whether it's more money, more time, more energy, you know, people that want from you. It's, uh, it's been, you know, it's a different um, avenue. And I recognize that every year as my business grows. So I'm able to take that mentorship that I have from my mentors and then share that with the people that are mentoring with me and be able to love on them. So my advice to people who are looking for a mentor, you want your mentor to love you. I, I, and I, I mean that, uh, if, at least uh, this is how I see it. Okay, this is my opinion only. But I want my mentors to care about me as mm. maybe even more than I care about myself, Ooh. because they will lead me to be that to love me as well. I also want people to choose a mentor who has your back and is willing to tell you the things that hurt. If you have a mentor that is all praises and love and telling you, oh, you should be charging more, you're so fabulous, you're so wonderful, all that seems to do is expand your ego, but it doesn't support the stories behind it. So when you can't, when you don't internally believe the ego, then you have conflict and, and, and that shows up in the world and people see that on you and they see that in your pricing and they see that in your business and they may not see it right at first, but they see it over time that there's some kind of something going on. There's some kind of integrity that's not happening. And if you're able to find someone that helps you love you and believe in you and knows that you're not only worth it, but you know that you're worth it, but at a way that is not full ego, it's at a heart centered, you're worth it. And that, mm -hmm. you know, when it's okay to be worth it and when it's okay to, to um, change the rule book so that it accommodates the world around you. Oh, so powerful. That's, that's so good. Thank you for, Thank you so for sharing. Much. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you mentioned um, being in alignment, right? That like their outside life is different than their inside life, and you know, some people call it character, some people integrity. How how important is is integrity for an entrepreneur, for an author, for clients? You know, integrity. You know, it's interesting because I hear a lot of people talk about integrity. I read a lot about it, and 
I think the best way for me to describe it is what I hear other people say about me. So for you who are, for you watching this and for you listening and for you, Robert, what do other people say about you? Because mm -hmm. what other people say about you, and these are the people who know you, not just the people who meet you and see the shiny face and see the best presentation of you, but the people who know you or get to know you, what are they saying? So if you take that as your assessment or your measurement, that's when you know that you're being seen with full integrity. So for me, people say, oh my gosh, Andrea, I love how ridiculously honest you are. Oh my gosh, you're so real. You're so, and like, they look like, you're ridiculously real. You're crazy real. I love how you're so authentic. And so then I, that way I know I don't have to put on a false front. I don't have to show that there are, um, or hide that there are places that I'm weak or maybe not as strong because it's okay to not be a hundred percent in a hundred percent of things. There mm. are places where I have weaknesses and in those places I have other people to help me so that I can have those be really strong as well within my business. And when you're honest with people that I don't always have it together 100%, but I'm going to come to you and let you know if I'm feeling faltered so that way we can work together to make it the highest that we can, then people trust you and they know that, hey, even though I'm not perfect, I'm going to strive for really, really awesome and good. I might even strive for perfection, knowing that perfection really is, you know, a, a it's really based on perception and people's ideas, but I want it to go really well. And I want you to succeed and I want me to succeed behind you. Well, that's so good. And that's why I, I like the word harmony, right? Your, your inner life, your outer life are, are in harmony with each other. And the definition that I got to show you something. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I just took this off. Now it's all wrinkled because I had it wadded up here over here. So I had on my sweatshirt that says Harmony. Ah, so good. Um, uh, yeah. So please tell me more. And I have a story about Harmony. <laughs> well, I, obviously we, you know, we're, we're vibrational beings, right? And, and if our vibrations are not in harmony, right, with ourselves, the vibration we put out in the room is going to be incongruous, right? Incongruent. Right. And, and so... Even even if your words don't say that you're out of harmony, your body will, <laughs> and and so people like you you said people will figure it out, and 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 it doesn't take long, right? It, people that don't even know you're gonna are gonna know, ooh, well, there's something there's something off, right? They might not be able to put their finger on it, they might not be able yeah. to, to identify what's off, but they're gonna say something's off. I'm not going to trust this person. And so we're certainly not going to be friends or do business together. There's a TikTok trend, you know, where people go, they'll never know. They'll ah. never know. You know what? Some things people don't know and it doesn't matter. Like there are things that just don't matter. But there are other things that they don't necessarily know but they pick up on it. So when we lie, when we tell an untruth, mm. when, you know, something like that occurs, when you, when you see someone exhibiting that, even though you don't know it, everyone always tells the truth at some point later. Mm. So if you look at little kids, we're all like little kids, you know, the one that says, can it, 
can I have a cookie? And they're already eating it, you know, or like, they're like, can I have a cookie? You know, like you've already swallowed the cookie. We already know you had one. Or we can tell that they've already been up on the cover trying to get it. You know, people give tells. They're called micro distinctions. So those of you that don't know, I was in law enforcement before and I was trained in forensic profiling. And there are micro distinctions that we do in our voice, in our text, in our inflection, in our body language, with our eyes. Now, they're not 100%. And they are various for everybody. But when something is, you always know something's up when people all of a sudden get all weird about something or if all of a sudden something's fine and there's an, an accusatory tone or a something, chances are they're out of integrity. It doesn't mean that you are. It Chances are that they are and they thought they've caught you in something, but it's only because they've been up to something. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how that kind of works in the world. So if you're observant and you pay attention and you listen and you watch what people are doing and saying, you will pick up way more than they ever offered to let you know. And we inherently pick that up. So that's why when we say we have a sixth sense or a feeling, that's it. You were able to see that, what is it called? Dis, um, I can't think of the word. Dis incongruence? Dissonance. Dissonance yeah. or incongruent. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit more about Keep Smiling and, and, and its role in your life. I mean, look at me. I just, you said it and I'm like, mm, I got all cheesy. Um, the Keep Smiling movement, uh, oh, it's a, it's a nonprofit. It's a 501c3 and it's become my baby. You know, like I just love the Keep Smiling movement. It, it makes me feel so full of joy and love for people and for what we do. Uh, we're a mental and dental health organization and we save lives with smiles by creating a dose of hope. And dose stands for dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. When you smile, you actually flood your brain with neuro neurotransmitters that help you to feel better. I kind of call it like a band-aid, you know, like it's a band-aid effect. You, you feel better, you feel better. But if you already feel good and you have it, well, then it's like, you know, having a you know, happy juice or something. It's it's an amazing feeling. If you're sad, it, it, it just is a little band-aid along the time that helps people to feel more positive. But it also changes the neurochemistry of your brain. So you literally think and feel different because of the act of a smile. And even if you're physically unable to smile, thinking of smiling and imagining smiling or causing your eyes to smile, even if your lower face is paralyzed or can't, can also induce those same endorphins. And so, um, by the way, uh, we said dose of hope. Hope stands for hold on, pain ends. And, you know, pain hurts. At first, pain eases. And then eventually it ends. Now you can recall it back by thinking up of a memory or being triggered by something that triggers that pain. But for the most part, you know, we think of them and we remember them if someone's passed or if there's a rejection or a loss of something. But we're if we're able to let go of the story and the emotional attachment to it, we can see it then in, in love and celebration of what was rather than seeing it as a complete loss. And 
Mm-hmm. So having that ability is amazing. And that's what we're trying to teach people is how to be really resilient so they can stand in their best confidence and have their best selves so that they can be able to help share that love of a smile with someone else. So that's mm-hmm. why we're mental and dental. When you have the mental ability to smile and to have positivity in your life. And then when you have good dental health and your mouth is good, you're able to smile, which then affects your brain chemistry. And so we will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, The Entrepreneur Mindset Shift, Growth Characteristics of Success by Robert C. Peterson, available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at addvalue2life.com, addvalue2life.com forward slash shift. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. Um, it's a beautiful mission. It was uh, originally started by the gentleman who had the cards. His name is Barry Shore, the ambassador of joy. Barry had these cards called the keep smiling cards that he would pass out. I'm trying to pull one out now. I just gave a whole bunch of them away and um, he would hold up a keep smiling card and thank you and give, I have the old one and keep giving them to people all over the world. Well then, Ken Rashawn, Dr. Ken Rashawn, also known as Dr. Smiley, met him. Ken and I had met in January. In March, he met Barry Shore and said, oh, Barry, can I take these cards and make a movement with them, a viral something? And Barry was like, sure, baby, do it. You know, Barry's this really bombastic, fun guy. By the way, Barry was a complete quadriplegic. Uh, in his life. He now is mobile. Um, He has Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is an autoimmune disorder that attacks the myelin sheath so that it doesn't fire the nerve endings so that the other nerve ending can talk to itself. And so he went from 100% healthy to 100% except for his face, uh, paralyzed as a quadriplegic within within a day. And Mm. over time, his rabbi had given him a card about smiling. And he realized that when he smiled, he changed his external environment. So after multiple years of lying flat on his back, he thought, what if I take this smile and I turn it inward? Could I actually change the physicality of my internal body? And the answer was yes. For him, it was yes. And so he was able to walk again. Of course, he needed physical therapy and all these other things to come in to help him. But it happened and that he was mobile again. And so when Ken met Barry, Ken just fell in love with this ambassador of joy, this wonderful man. And Ken is very charismatic and very bubbly. People just love him as well. So, you know, and Ken and I, everybody loves us together. They're like, oh, my God, everything is so wonderful. We just have this great chemistry together so for us to be the leaders of the keep smiling movement just makes so much sense uh so i'm the executive director of the movement i made it a 501c3 so that we can really take it to different places and do more and then now i'm adding curriculum so dr smiley has created these lovely books called the keep smiling books and we have the dose of hope books and the hope is dope book they're all either pictorial books uh, like a photojournalism book or they have the stories into them as well indoctrined into them and the stories are who are you from birth till now along the way what happened that caused you to lose your smile 
what'd you mm. do to get it back? And now that you have it, how do you create smiles in the world? Ah, mm. these stories are amazing, Robert. And all of these people who create smiles in the world today, Ken and I are really about empowering them and getting their message out. So we say we amplify goodness as well. So they're beautiful, beautiful books. And I hear you've been a part of several of them. I, I am. I'm in the current version of Dose of Hope and also in a couple Keep Smiling books and, and we're putting together a, a few others. And of course, just trying to help collect more stories and, and share stories. But there's so much, so yeah. much powerful in that because so many people are, are stuck in fight, flight and freeze. And the brain chemicals that people release in, in fight, flight and freeze is adrenaline. And, and, and adrenaline, when it's when it's by itself, adrenaline is designed to help you run, right? It's trying to help you escape and, and flee from the tiger that's trying to eat you, right? It's, it's a powerful thing. But when your body experiences adrenaline constantly over a long period of time, it, it just, you end up in that fight, flight, and freeze mode chemically, and it, it makes a mess of things. It makes, leads to depression, leads to sadness, leads to f just feeling, people feeling off, right? Feeling down. And the most powerful way to turn that around is to change your body and change your smile, right? Change, change your self-belief. And so I love that you've tied the dose of hope to those chemicals, to the, to the, to the reality of you can, you can change that, that sadness, that depression, that fight, flight, and freeze with a smile. And, yeah. and obviously the more you smile, the more you can get yourself you know, out of that anxiety and stress cycle that so many people are stuck in. Ken actually came up with this really cool analogy of an assessment for the Keep Smiling movement, and that smiles per hour. You mm. can assess your impact on the world and your impact on others as well as yourself. Um, so even in a, a COVID environment, when we were locked down, if you were alone, how you smile when you're alone or when you're by yourself? I mean, do you whistle when you work or, you know, how, how do you behave or are you grumpy and whatever, how, how your physiology and your ability to smile is your measurement of when you smile per hour, your smiles per hour equal your abundance in your world mm -hmm. and your attitude and your uh, ability to be able to give to others. So smiles per hour. And, oh, you know, what's your SPH? You. And so I've taken that even further. And now I've added to our curriculum that we do limiting belief removal and meditation. And uh, now I'm writing a curriculum so that Ken and I can go around the world and do these pop-up meet and greets in different places so that we can be sharing with people how to be resilient because when you can be resilient and find joy in the things that aren't necessarily joyful mm. then you experience life differently so for example in third world countries i ha have a client that has uh, a nonprofit that takes care of people in uganda and the children there are in full joy the parents are in full joy they have no running water they have to you know walk miles for a well they you know but they, they play, knock a can around like that's the best thing that ever happened. And they uh, cut open up a plastic bottle and sit on it and pull it around with a string and call it a sled. And they're in so much joy and they dance and sing and play because what they have is each other and they find joy in the moment. And those people are happier than the people here in the United States who have 
everything available to them. So it's not about what you have or how much money you have. It's how you experience life. And when we can raise people to that level of joy, it, it becomes even more than just how we feel or how our physiology. It becomes more of a spiritual experience and a way to self-actualize yourself to the highest level of abundance. Mm, love that. Well, and obviously, at least in my world, um, unconditional love is that highest level right and and of course the way to get to that unconditional love is is to love yourself first <laughs> and, and being able to, yeah. to to love yourself not ego right obviously there's a there's a huge difference right love love yourself in a healthy way that that allows you to to not be dependent on what other people think about you and what the world thinks about you and that's how you can put your authentic self out there and in, in your authenticity, teach others you know, to do the same. And so that, that's, I love the fact that it's becoming a movement. And I love the fact that how powerful something as simple as a smile is, but creating a, a movement and momentum around smiling is, is so powerful. I've traveled to Uganda, to other places, Cuba, all over the world, and the one thing I always say is that a smile is universal. It doesn't matter if I know their language or not. A smile and a hug are pretty powerful universal translators. Yes, uh, that that is definitely uh, something that we say. And uh, Ken also owns a, a DJ business. So he uh, was a DJ for years before doing the marketing and the publishing and stuff that he does now. And he still owns that business. And he always talks about how music is the universal. Uh -oh. I'm back. <laughs> Um, it's been, you know, a really all right. Try and I again. believe it's getting windy in Ohio. It's getting windy in Ohio, so I think that's what's happening there. Is uh, our satellite is not working as uh, good as it can be? I live in a farm in Ohio. Okay. Well, it, it stopped at, at music as a universal. So if you want to try to pick up there, that'd be great. Oh, yeah. Uh, music is the universal language and a smile is the universal expression. Mm. Oh, so good. Yeah. So, so Ken and I met just earlier this year. So, you know, we're, we're recording this in February and, and Ken and I met, just, you know, just in January, but our first conversation, of course, Ken is also a beautiful bald man and, and I smiled. And so, you know, Ken basically started the conversation with, I love your haircut. I love your smile. I love your attitude. I love your company name. And so I'm going to be your friend, whether you like it or not. <laughs> and that's kind well, of how our he conversation has that way started. about him. 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, so you can see why people, you can see why so many people love the idea of us together leading this movement is because how can you deny awesomeness when you have two people who love the world so brightly and make really deep, wonderful connections and who are really passionate about making a movement that really cares about people at a heart and soul level. Mm. It, it's just contagious. <laughs> it, it is contagious. And, and I've, I've told people that basically I, I was introduced to Ken and pulled into his whirlwind and, and, and love, love every minute of it wrote, literally wrote my first book between Christmas and new year's and kind of the speed at which I, I wrote the book. I wanted a publisher that could operate at that, at that speed and, and honor the fact that we've, we've started something quickly. I don't want to take two years to get it to market. (laughs) Right. And, and other publishers were like, we'll take we'll take a couple months to edit it. We'll take a couple months to, to do this and we'll do this. And, and and Ken understood the idea that, you know what, it doesn't have to be perfect. We need to put it out there and let the people tell us what to fix and, and how to make it better. And and uh, yeah, you could always revise and do it again. And that's what's really cool about the world. The world really does offer do overs. <laughs> oh, absolutely. There's plenty of guys playing golf, taking mulligans all day long. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I love it. It's it's really a great way to experience life and to do things differently. And I love how you show up, Robert. You're just so sweet and so kind and so loving and so heartfelt. I mean, it just really radiates through you. And I think that's how, you know, some random, you know, hey, you should be friends. I, I don't even know who friended who first. And it doesn't matter. And the fact is that somehow the world brought us together. And to me, that's there's no coincidence in these things. And how funny for it to evolve even more and then to loop around and hear you and already working with Ken. That is so funny to me. <laughs> well, absolutely. It's uh, I, I agree with you. There are no coincidences. It's a matter of honoring, honoring the connections, honoring the opportunities that, that the universe places before us, that God places before us. And, and I'm a firm believer in, in, in taking action on, you know, on those ideas, right? Oh, you should friend this person. Oh, you should connect with this person. Oh, you should call this person. Um, I, I honor those when the voice in my head says, you know, oh, you better, you know, hey, I'm thinking about Dr. Andrea, you better give her a call. And, and, and there's a reason for those, <laughs> those things and, and honoring them. And so I, I appreciate, and I definitely want to honor connection. And, and I know just, so I started this podcast in July and everything that's oh. happening in my business right now is is happening because of connections made through this podcast. People that I've met, people Absolutely. That, people that have showed up at events, people, the person who wrote the forward in my book, um, the people that are promoting my book um, are all because of because of the connections that have been made through this podcast. And so more and more and and it's incredible and i've i've done interviews with new zealand and australia and england and canada and and it i mean it's amazing that you know this the tech i'm so grateful for the technology that we have and i spent so much time overseas without the ability to communicate without the ability to 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 communicate at this level for sure and now here you are on a farm in ohio and i'm in denver getting snowed on almost it's supposed to snow today and and we're having this fantastic conversation 
And of course it would be more well, intimate if we were in a room together, having coffee together and, and able to hug each other. But this is the next best thing. And it's pretty amazing. I, I certainly love it. And I love it because, you know, I live a very uh, nomadic lifestyle. So Saturday and Sunday, I was in LA and I'm getting ready to, uh, I was at Lee's Super Bowl, Lee Steinberg Super Bowl party. And then I'm getting ready to uh, next week, I'm going to be at a NFTnec.one conference, which is a cryptocurrency and NFT conference. And Snoop Dogg is the headliner. And I'm one of the media people uh, that's responsible for the media part of that event for the coverage. And so how exciting for me to be able to be there. And that's all through connection. Ken uh, knew a gentleman named Patrick Tuttle. Patrick said, I need someone who, you know, is wonderful and heartfelt and really humanitarian who is in the publicity world. Ken introduced me to him. Patrick introduced me to this world of these people who were creating their own cryptocurrency platform. I've, I have volunteered now to uh, work for that cryptocurrency platform for over a year and a half. So again, it's a cryptocurrency platform. All of us, none of us take any pay. We have all worked for free. Our developers even worked for free. And we have created a cryptocurrency platform. First, we did pools on other people's stuff uh, like DeFi and Balancer Pool. And now we're doing one on our own. And uh, now a subset of us has created this conference. And then there's another subset called Be More and BeMore.io is the website. And what do we do? Uh, be More helps other people be more. And so we're mm -hmm. uh, helping, we're a for-profit helping nonprofits. And so one of our major projects that we've agreed to take on is the Keep Smiling movement. So mm -hmm. we'll be taking the images from the Keep Smiling movement and repurposing them to make an NFT project out of that so that we can create um, different utilities like memberships and um, tickets to come to different events that will help support the curriculum for the Keep Smiling movement to help people smile more. So it's really, really awesome because of that connection Ken made, I was able to do all of this and then bring it back full circle so it can help and love on the very project that Ken found so important to begin with that he asked me to come on board and, and to create it with him. And so mm. us together, you know, building this Keep Smiling movement, uh, you know, all, all through connection all through connection it's really really exciting and and our crypto world's been amazing um uh, it's the so we're bmore.io for the subgroup uh, we're also raising a hundred thousand uh, dollars by the end of the month to go towards uh, five girls were stolen in reno mm. and kidnapped into a sex trafficking ring and we're raising the money so that the black ops can go in and steal the girls back out and so mm. uh, after phoenix i'll be heading to reno to cover that event as well. And so wow. it's just a really great, beautiful way for us to continue to give back. And so the Keep Smiling project will be part of that as well. You know, we want to take smiles everywhere we go and let people know that these girls, after they come out of that, that there is a life that they could be resilient and, and find, um, you know, that the pain will end and they'll be mm. able to be resilient and live a life that they deserve. Yeah. Nice. So, I, yeah. I mean, this, Robert, it just is never ending. It's just these loops just keep coming and coming. It's so exciting. So, so exciting. Absolutely. Well, and I don't want to get 
lost from from what you do to 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 earn a living either in that. So let's let's talk a little bit about helping people put themselves out there and and generate leads and create build an audience, right? How how does publicity take that to another level? Well, you know, publicity is about connection. It's connection with your audience, whether they're on the radio, television, and magazines, uh, or in person, one-on-one. And so the, I do publicity different than other people. Uh, in fact, um, people have said that maybe I should stray away from the word publicity, although I do utilize traditional publicity. The publicity that I do is more in the connections and how uh, we bring you to the table and help you partner with other things. So it's not limited to just a press release, although press releases are awesome tools. Social media is an awesome tool. Radio and podcasts are awesome tools as magazines and newspapers and stages. But there's more. There's relationships. There's sponsorship. There's creating your own environment. There's taking your show and having amazing people. So for example, I executive produce a Ken Rashawn show amplified with Ken Rashawn and I'm on the air with Ken and I've been able to bring on some amazing people. Many of them are on your dream 100 list. So I was like, well, how cool is that? I already know these people. So it's through connection that these opportunities happen. And it's through connection that I was able to have the people on that we've had on. When I met Neil Patel, I was in the green room at affiliate world Asia in Thailand at Neil Patel and was able to form a relationship with him and asked him if he would let us honor him by him being on our show and sharing with people his wonderful knowledge and wisdom. Uh, Neil Patel mm-hmm. is worth like 30 million. He's done crazy egg and kiss metrics and amazing other things in technology. Uh, through connection, uh, we had Rudy Rudiker from the movie Rudy. And and that's how, you know, like going out to Lee Steinberg's party and meeting all these people that I already knew and forming deeper relationships and then introducing me to someone new allows us to expand that net even further of connections and possibilities for people in business and in athletics and sports and brain mapping and whatever you can think of, you know, we have the connections for it. And that's really, to me, what publicity is about is creating this network that merges people to have and be able to collect and connect more. Our relationship capital is worth more than anything that we could ever think of. Mm, Absolutely. All right. So we're going to switch gears a little bit. How, How important is play and fun? Um, hello, (laughs) keep smiling over here. Uh, You know, one of the things I realized that was actually keeping me from abundance is over the last seven years, I was so focused on got to make the keep smiling happen. And I mean, look at this face compared to the, okay, keep smiling. Okay, that was incongruent. And so I was out of congruency. So remember, we talked about that. When you're incongruent, the world can see it. And they saw me 
fighting and and hurting to make the keep smiling movement happen. And it was when someone said, you know, noticed it and said it to me like, Andrea, what the hell's going on here? You're not smiling. And I realized I was losing my smile, that I wasn't taking joy and happiness with the people that I was around, that we were taking work so heavily and we were taking on the burdens as if they were a blanket and they were weighing us down and um, you know the fact of COVID and the funding burdened on me so while I still smiled and while I was still cheerful if I was on stage or doing other things uh, in my own life I was sad and crying because I felt like I was um, I was failing the keep smiling movement Mm. and it was only when I realized that it's I don't have to take on the responsibility that it's that it's not to 100 percent, that I don't have to feel a burden of that. Instead, what I can do is celebrate the wins that I did have. And when I finally stopped uh, beating myself up and, you know, I felt like. I was doing one of these when I finally released that and said, you know what? It's okay. I am changing people's lives every day with the keep smiling movement along with Ken, along with all of our keep smiling ambassadors. And it's okay that I need to take a step back so that I can organize this organization to be at the highest level. It can be that I can look back at our operations and how we do things so that we can have a solid foundation and that every smile that we create was changing someone's life and that in itself is enough and yes I can want more and I can create more and as soon as I stepped into positivity so I used to say I want to I want to have a skip in my step, a song in my voice and a, you know, a glimmer in my eye and I realized I wasn't doing that anymore. So when I started living my life as if I live at a musical and started breaking out in song and skipping and dancing and and doing what my husband says, embarrassing him in public, when I started doing that again, my whole world opened up because the people who are attracted to that part of me flooded in and Mm. wanted to be around me, wanted to work with me, want to support the keep smiling movement. But what was what I didn't realize is when I had that shield of like, oh my gosh, I desperately need to help these people, that it actually made people uncomfortable. And I could Mm. have never known that until I stepped into my own happiness again. And when I started to see my value and my worth and didn't have to prove it to anybody else is when all of these doors have opened. So there'll be some really cool announcements happening next week while we're in Phoenix at the NFT uh, connect.one conference. Um, uh, I can tell you some rumors. So some rumors are uh, that uh, there'll be a number one song. Well, we assume it'll go to number one uh, being released. And that song will be used to help support funding for alcohol and um, alcohol and addiction and suicide prevention. And so it, the rumor has it that I'll be spearheading that campaign. And nice. uh, rumor has it that I also will be spearheading a campaign about a documentary called Working 9 to 5 that Lily Tomlin and Dolly Parton are 
a part of, and that is to um, really help women stand in positivity and have equal pay and equal rights and to finally be ratified in the Constitution that we can vote. So even though we do vote, it's actually not ratified. So how exciting. Uh, so more will come out about that. I do know I'm involved to what level that'll be revealed next week. Um, you know, and whatever level I am, I'm happy with because they're both beautiful things. And the Keep Smiling movement, I'll be inviting those to come along and be a part so the Keep Smiling can capture pictures and images. Um, it just is really bringing things full circle and really allowing us for the Keep Smiling movement to make that change that we want to. You know, Robert, um, in January of last year, I had counted up a tally over 2020 when people were, you know, sequestered in and often alone. And that's when it was the most difficult for people. I made a tally of all the people who I talked to on the phone and called who told me that they were, you know, sad or lonely or desperate or depressed. And the ones I counted the most that I kept the most count of were the ones that told me I was at a point of suicide, that mm. I was going to literally remove myself from this world. And they had a date and they had a plan of action and they had their modality of choice, whether that be mm. a gun, a hanging, a, you know, a car accident or whatever it pills, whatever it was, they, they, they had an action plan to complete it and everything they needed to complete that. And then they told me that something happened where they either had someone smile at them. Mm. They received a keep smiling card. They read a keep smiling story. They saw something about one of our memes about the keep smiling movement, or they talked to me or they talked to Ken and three of those people among all the 43 that admitted that to me, by the way, Robert, that's 43 people who admitted that to me. Mm. How many are there out there that never would have told anyone? Mm. I mean, so I know that we're making an impact for the Keep Smiling movement. I know that we're making a difference, at least for these 43 people. And if it was only one, that's enough for me. Right. But of those 43, three of them were major thought leaders, mm. major thought leaders, like people, um, Okay, so, okay, uh, uh, let me use an example so that way you know it's not this person. So imagine that Zig Ziglar had said something like this. Well, we know that Zig Ziglar did not tell me this because he, he passed several years ago. But what if he was one of those thought leaders? That's the level of thought leader that admitted that to me and told me in confidence. Well, mm. Wow. Wow. Right what an impact that we're making. And so I, I cannot deny that we're making this difference in the world. And I, and, and so I, I make a plea to all of you, you know, please send donations, uh, you know, uh, in kind gifts, we can use Southwest points. Um, we can use um, uh, operate things for operations and software. I can have people volunteer and do things for me, uh, whether it's um, organizing things, editing uh, to um, uh, any, whatever you do, chances are I can find something that I could delegate to you to do. And we need funding. 
uh, funding is uh, really the biggest need right now so that we can continue to do what we do all over the world. And that's what we've been publishing these books and capturing these pictures. And, you know, we've had some people uh, be negative about it. They're like, well, what is the difference your pictures make? Well, we have research that shows when you look at a picture, you smile. Our, what we're doing makes a difference. And when you read a story, it uplifts you. It makes you feel better. So it's kind of like a cross between a TEDx and a chicken soup for the soul within our books. And of course, those matter. They save lives. We have the proof. So uh, so the funding is a really big deal right now. So if anybody has any suggestions or would like to help us with fundraising or would like to help write off something from their taxes, we are more than welcome to receive that and to make really good use of it so that it helps create resilience in other people's lives. And we will get on my soapbox. You can see how passionate. We'll absolutely have the links in the description. And so please feel free to follow that and, and make a contribution. Dr. Andreas, thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate your wisdom. I appreciate your smile and and your heart. And, and of course, just your passion for, for helping people. So thank you. Well, thank you so much. And people can reach out to me. Uh, they can go to www.theredcarpetconnection.com, theredcarpetconnection.com, or you can find me and get a free book at the Keep Smiling Movement, and that's www.thekeepsmilingmovement.com, theKeepSmilingMovement.com. And I ask anyone when you are out in the world, you know, hashtag keep smiling and share your smiles with us on social media. And if you'd love to have a free consultation about publicity or publishing or anything fun that you'd like to do in the world or share your dreams with me. Um, oh, I should break out in song. Share your dreams with me. <laughs> then reach out to me and let's make it happen and certainly love on Robert because he has let me just talk and talk and talk and talk. And I'm so thankful. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) If you enjoyed the show, please like subscribe or leave a review. We have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com. That's addvaluemindset.com. We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast and we want to give them to you for free. addvaluemindset.com. In our next episode, brand strategy is important for entrepreneurs because they are their brand. Steph Weber shares the value of a brand plan and making sure your marketing matches the transformation that you offer. It is not about you. It's about the value you bring to your prospects.